Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Community Connections podcast. This episode is done in two parts. So after you get through with this one, please head over and check out the rest of our interview on part two. Hello, and thank you for listening to this special episode of the Community Connections podcast. My name is Cole Warner, and I'm your host. And hosting with me today is the CEO of Hospice of Davidson County, Laura Owen. Hey, good afternoon, Cole. Thanks so much for the invitation to join you and co-host a very special podcast that I know our listeners are going to be just thrilled to hear. Um, We have Lillian Kuntz with us. She is the um, health director at the Davidson County Health Department. And uh, I'm sure all of our listeners, especially in this area of uh, North Carolina, are very familiar with that name because she's been heading up the county's response plan to the the worldwide pandemic and doing a terrific job. So I'm real excited to hear about her experience. And I know we have some great questions for her. Just a little bit about Lillian. I guess Lillian and I met through an area civic club several years ago that is quickly um, expanding their female leadership presence. And so I'm thrilled that we have uh, a very visible female leader in our community contributing to another mission that's equally important. But Lillian um, started her academic uh, post uh, studies with the UNC in Wilmington, and I know she has strong ties to the eastern part of the state, and then went on to Appalachian State University to complete her master's degree in public administration. So um, she's had some stints in the east, in the West and for many years now in the central part of the state, more importantly in Davidson County, and resides locally with her family. So Lillian, welcome. Um, I know you've been affiliated with the health department and with Davidson County Services, Human Services for a number of years. So if we could, I'd like to let you take just a moment to talk about your affiliation there and and the different roles you've had, because I think they've really been foundational building blocks that have contributed to just such a successful pandemic response. So welcome, Lillian. Thank you, Laura, for that wonderful introduction. And Cole, thank you so much for having me today on the podcast. Um, As Laura said, I am the public health director here in Davidson County. I have been the public health director for five years, but I have been with the health department for 15. I moved to Davidson County 15 years ago. I knew one person here, and I came um, bright-eyed and ready to go for an entry-level position here at the health department where I started off um, doing on-site wastewater, which is the program that does septic tank um, layouts and inspections for new homes or repairs for other homes. Didn't stay in that program long because the health department needed more assistance with food and lodging. So I started inspecting restaurants in our community, which was incredibly wonderful. I got to meet a lot of really great people um, throughout Davidson County by doing restaurant inspections. Then a few years later, I was able to slide into a preparedness coordinator role. And as Laura hinted at, that's that foundation that we're talking about when we um, see a worldwide pandemic. Uh, The preparedness coordinator is responsible for preparing Davidson County to respond to a public health emergency. So that was pretty much the perfect job for a health director to have before something like COVID-19 hits. 
Now, speaking of that um, preparedness role and what that um, sort of laid the foundation for, do you mind speaking a little bit to the health department's role in the COVID-19 response? I know that there's a lot there over the last year and a half or so. There is a lot, Cole, and it has changed considerably. When we first heard about COVID-19, obviously it was brand new. There was a lot of work to be done trying to understand the virus, the transmission, and what we were looking at as far as mortality. So initially the health department was in the role of just being a sponge. Um, We first heard about COVID-19 in January of 2020, and our first case was in March of 2020. So we had a couple of months um, to kind of understand and learn about how we could slow the spread. So the public health department initially was just learning. Then we realized that the best tools we had in the very beginning of the pandemic were to try to isolate positive cases. So the health department was key in identifying positive cases of COVID-19 and then providing mitigation strategies to those individuals. So we would call folks up, we'd find out who they'd been close to, and then we asked everybody to stay at home and stay away from other people. The more we learned about COVID-19, the more that we knew what we could do to protect ourselves when we were out in public. So then the health department tried very hard to educate folks. That six feet of separation, washing your hands, covering your cough. If you have a fever, stay home until you know what it is and always get tested. A little bit later, it became apparent that face coverings were effective to slow the spread. So then we changed our messaging and we again were out in the community trying to educate on the importance of face coverings. And then fortunately in December of 2020, we got vaccines. And that is really our wheelhouse at the public health department. We provide vaccines all the time. Um, That is what one of the cornerstones of public health is vaccines. So this was a, a comfortable place, but also a little bit uncomfortable because where we used to just provide vaccines for people who were traveling or students going to school, and then annually for the flu season, During the flu season, people could also get vaccines from their primary care providers, their drugstores, and things like that. When the COVID-19 vaccines first came to Davidson County, our health department was the only provider. So we essentially had a base of 166 potential folks that were going to need to see us at some point for a vaccine. So we started readying ourselves to do that. Well, Lillian, I'm joining this call with my administrator's hat on and having um, an experience under the pandemic in the hospice space, excuse me. And for hospice providers initially, we felt a little isolated as uh, uh, medical specialty providers. I'm curious to hear from you what your networks were like being a part of government and having the connections at the state level. Did you have a a certain level or a sense of having to take the lead and having to come up with strategies yourself? Or did you feel really supported by some other frameworks that helped uh, guide the work of your department? Laura, that was a really great way to frame that question. There was a very specific set of rules when vaccines were given to you. And as a public health director, I was responsible for signing off on the vaccines that we received in Davidson County. The initial vaccines that we were given were told that they could only be used for healthcare providers. 
Unfortunately, because COVID-19 was brand new and always evolving, the term healthcare provider started in one place and morphed into something else in the middle of receiving vaccines. So while we did have a very specific formula for who was eligible, at the local level, we also had to make some decisions. We received far more vaccines in our initial shipment than we thought we were. When we were um, sort of blindsided, actually, by the state with that, um, they couldn't tell us how many vaccines we were going to get. I sort of had a number in my head, about 300. When we got our first shipment, it was over 2,000 doses. So that was a huge change to the plans that we had because we were sitting here looking at, um, we had created a, a grouping of healthcare providers and the hospice agency was in that group of healthcare providers. So we had sort of had a list of who would be eligible and how many people in those groups wanted it. And at 300 vaccines, we weren't going to be able to cover that group at 2000. We could. So it was really wonderful to have more than we expected and then have the ability to give all of the frontline healthcare workers, people who were providing patient care, those folks, very first in the first round of vaccines, we were able to give those out. And those vaccines came on December 21st. And our very first vaccines were given at Wake Forest Baptist Health. They were actually treating COVID-19 positive individuals. And it was easier for the Lexington Medical Center to get vaccines from the health department. So we just went to them and did it. And then we were also here on Christmas Eve uh, providing vaccines. And we had a lot of very interested recipients on Christmas Eve, which was a an unusual way to spend a time that's usually dedicated to family. Thank you, Lillian. And for our listeners, I, I do want to share that uh, at a national level, not all hospice providers were included as frontline healthcare workers. And it was a great tragedy because they truly were frontline in caring for the most vulnerable, those that were known positive, COVID positive patients. Um, and so thank you for your partnership and for having the, the staff availability to coordinate our access to the vaccine. And I'm pleased to say that we're right at the 70% fully vaccinated mark, which in healthcare is not where we would like it to be, or even at the community at large, but um, but it is better than average in healthcare. And a lot of that has to do with the way your team has communicated out um, information about the vaccine, but also the many creative ways you set up um, stations to obtain the vaccine. And I cannot imagine the logistics behind all that. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit about how a small but uh, dynamic team of yours came up with so many different ways to make it easy to access the vaccine. Sure. Well, you know, first First sets of vaccines that we received, we were looking at vaccinating more people than we had the supply for. So things have really changed in a very short amount of time. Our first set of vaccines we targeted to those healthcare workers. And then as more individuals became eligible and we had supply, we realized we needed a big space. So we were very fortunate that the red carpet was rolled out. The doors were open to us. Whenever you need it, you've got it. And we went to the community college. The Mary E. Ritling Center at the Davidson Davy Community College was just earmarked for the health department. Here you go. And in that facility, we were able to do about a thousand vaccines a day, which um, was a lot of people 
And it was a lot of fun looking back on. But the days that it was raining, the days that it was frigid, it was not a lot of fun. But since that time, vaccine distribution has changed dramatically due to demand. Um, very, very early on, we required individuals to make an appointment to ensure that we had the product that they needed when they came. Now, we just have our doors open. Well, 24-7 for us, 8.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday, we're here at the health department. Anybody can walk in and get a vaccine. Also, Monday through Friday, we have taken a map of Davidson County, and we have talked to community friends, and we have gone all over Davidson County. Uh, Today, we're at Healing Springs Fire Department all the way down in the southern end in Denton. Um, But we go north, we're using fire departments, we're using libraries, we're using churches. Um, Mount Vista Nursing Home in Denton has done some vaccines. Um, So we are really trying to meet people where they are because convenience is important for individuals who are receiving the vaccine right now. Now, obviously, you know, a lot of what we're talking today is the vaccines and sort of the way that um, y'all dealt with uh, the the epidemic and COVID. I'm also interested, I mean, everything else that you do didn't stop, right? Um, Through all this, can you speak to what that that looks like? You know, you went through a flu season um, and, and then all the other services that you do daily. Cole, great question. Um, And interestingly enough, there are just a little bit of background. In North Carolina, there are 100 counties. Every county is served by a local health department. In North Carolina, we have 85 health departments. Some tiny counties have kind of joined up with others. But at a local health department level, we were given the latitude from the state um, to provide services in a way that we felt like we could manage throughout the pandemic. So at the health department, um, we sat down as a management team, we put our heads together, and we decided that it was important to continue normal public health functions during this time. Um, I don't know that it's a surprise, the term uh, pandemic babies, but one of the things that the public health department does is they help women and men with contraceptives. And so we wanted to make sure that we were still providing those services during this time. So it looked like on our end, a few um, less appointments weekly because we were diverting staff. Um, I was very upfront with the team. Uh, first, as soon as the vaccines hit our door, I said, our mission at the public health department is vaccines. Right now, we are the only place that has vaccines. And for a while, we were the only provider in Davidson County. And so it was important to really shift all of our resources there. But at the same time, we all had to talk about, you know, public health continues. So we continued to provide other immunizations. We did our family planning services. We did all of our regular clinical services, our WIC program ran. And we also did our um, environmental health services and care management. So it was a It was a very interesting time when you're pulling folks from their normal duty. I mean, we have staff members who, for example, typically inspect restaurants, but they were standing outside of COVID-19 clinics under an umbrella directing traffic um, and trying to manage those schedules and trying to let folks prioritize their normal work, but also take part in COVID clinics. Um, It was a little bit of a challenge, but at the same time, I'm proud to say that your Davidson County Health Department continued on with all of our regular public health services throughout this pandemic. Yeah, Lillian, it just was an impressive response. 
Um, I'm curious to know how your team and how your staff are doing this far into the pandemic. I mean, we talk about the focus and services that are bundled under public health and also have more of a health and wellness and quality of life uh, purview. And here are your teams dealing with a potentially deadly, uh, with a lot of unknowns type of uh, disease. So how did they handle that? How are they doing now? Our team is about the most resilient group of people and flexible group of people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, You know, this is the type of thing, even individuals who are sort of far removed from the COVID-19 response, they are public health workers. So to their friends, to their family, to their neighbors, to the people that they just know, they are COVID-19 experts. So in addition to having to come in to work daily um, and work, and do their job. When they leave work, they're also on the clock, so to speak, with a lot of people who are asking them questions and trying to figure out more about COVID-19. Um, the team, we I'm, I'm proud to say we have not experienced turnover in the way that some of our local health departments have seen. Um, it has been hard work. It has been uncertain work at times. There have been uh, many, many long hours and many, many scary times. Um, when COVID-19 first came about, uh, we were part of the testing group. So we had staff members that were testing individuals who were sick. And, you know, there was some worry there, like, am I going to expose myself? We did all of the PPE and all of those very important things. And knock on wood, not a single employee contracted COVID-19 during that time or in any testing or anything like that. So we've done a really good job, but it was uncertain. Um, you know, everybody that works here has an outside life, and they all wanted to be very careful to make sure that they were not bringing work home, (laughs) literally, with uh, COVID-19. But we've tried very hard to encourage staff to um, take care of themselves. We've now reached a point where vacations have started back. Um, It's very exciting. I myself am taking a vacation next week, and it's the first one I've had um, in over a year. (laughs) So I'm really excited to um, be able to take some time. And we're encouraging all of our staff to really maintain a healthy work-life balance. And if you need a day, you take a day. And we're really, um, we're feeling a lot of support from county management on that too. So it's really a nice place to be. Davidson County also offers an employee assistance program. And we have reminded folks, you know, if things are a little hard, make sure you reach out to that um, service. But so far, I'm I'm surprised at the resiliency of this team. Well, vacation sounds fabulous. It's well-deserved and long overdue. Um, That kind of prompted me to remember I had a long weekend in February, the end of February, and I think the very next week, it might have been a Tuesday morning, was your called meeting to the community at large, the human service agencies, uh, to talk about COVID-19, and and that was my last vacation, so um, uh, up until recently, and yeah, that's been a long haul. So it's midsummer now, and we're talking vacations, but school is just around the corner, right? And we're one of the unique counties that has multiple school systems. So what's happening there, and how how are they preparing for in-person school and, and what that's going to look like this year? The schools have an 
incredible challenge. Um, you know, not only are they diverse with the students that they have, but they're also dealing with parents who are at home and parents who work and parents who want children in school. So the schools have been um, really the front, the poster child, so to speak, of how do we do COVID right and what can we do to support the schools? Right now, I read a study this morning, um, the CDC is recommending vaccinated students will not need to wear a face covering on school campus unless they're on a school bus because of the um, close proximity. But North Carolina, through um, the State Department of Public Health, has developed a toolkit. And we've been using that toolkit to sort of guide how we're going to um, manage COVID-19 mitigation strategies in the school. The toolkit has not been updated yet. The superintendents, the public health department, and our school nurses that are employed here are really eager to see what the new, new toolkit will look like, because that will be our framework on how to move forward. Um, the schools, we were very fortunate. We did not see a lot of COVID activity in our school building. So our school system staff and faculty did a phenomenal job slowing the spread. I've said from the beginning, and I'll continue to say it, um, in-person learning is where we need to be. Um, the school system not only educates our youth, but they are eyes on the students. And there are so many things that those professionals at the school system identify and help students with. Um, they are a meal a day for some children that might not get it otherwise. They are a safe place that children might not have otherwise. They have school counselors that help, social workers that help. And I have always said that it is so incredibly important that we keep the kids in school. And so when I have talked with civic organizations or different businesses about why it's so important to adhere to mitigation strategies, one of the reasons is we want our children in school. And so I'm really hopeful that this school year will bring more in-person, if not 100% in-person, because that is so very important to the youth in Davidson County. We've, um, we've done an episode with uh, communities and schools out of Thomasville High School. And uh, they talked a lot about their services and how they've been impacted by not being in person. And a lot of the you know similar sentiments to what you were just sharing um, is has been to some of the challenges that they have run into. 